reviewing uh, Seinfeld Soup Kitchen Nazi. So this is one of my favorite episodes from Seinfeld. But before we get to that, we're going to go on ahead and play you a little clip from Soup Kitchen Nazi real quick. <laughs> and that was the clip from Seinfeld's Soup Kitchen Nazi. But this is actually, like I said, one of my favorite ones. What about you, Ben? I know that you're excited to talk about this episode as well. I love this episode. This might be my second or third favorite episode. My favorite episode, I'll just tell you really quickly, is the contest where the gang... Trying to see who can go the, the longest without. Well, you see who can go the longest. But I love the Soup Nazi episode. It's Seinfeld at its peak, and I can't wait to get into it. Me too. So let's go on ahead. Let's get into this and everything. This this actual, this episode uh, was actually on November 2nd of 1995. This was also the 116th episode of Seinfeld, which was the sixth episode in the seventh season. And like I said, it aired November 2nd, 1995. But basically the plot is this. Jerry, George, and Elaine visit a soup kitchen. Jerry explains that the owner, Yev Kazim, is known as the soup Nazi due to his insistence on strict manner of behavior while placing an order. But his soups are so abdominically delicious that the stand is constantly busy. En route, Elaine notices a man on the sidewalk with an amour for sale. She forgets that the soup, uh, she actually uh, forgoes the soup in favor of buying it. However, her building uh, superintendent informs her that the furniture mover uh, move, uh, moves in are not allowed on Sundays. So that's when she goes ahead and goes over to the soup kitchen. So... I actually love how Elaine goes up there and George is already inside the soup kitchen and George is over there, takes his money and you can tell that he's actually frantic. He's actually afraid of this guy, even though he makes great soup. It's just his attitude and everything is totally something that people have been wanting to do to their customers for a long time. It's just that this guy actually goes the whole mile and does it. And so basically George winds up giving him his money and then he steps over to the corner like he's uh, really afraid. And then he goes on ahead. He goes, hey, can I get some bread? He goes, uh, that would be two dollars. He goes, what do you mean that's two dollars? He goes, this, uh, the other woman in front of me got bread. He goes, yeah, but it came with her mail. So two dollars. And he goes, really? And then all of a sudden the, uh, he goes, no soup for you. Then the woman takes the uh, bag, the brown paper bag away from him and everything, and he walks off with no soup. But that is just classic Seinfeld and its writing and everything. I thought this was just a perfect episode. What about you, though, Ben? Uh, when you look at the introduction to the Soup Kitchen Nazi. I love this idea. This guy is a nut. I mean, <laughs> the way, and I love the fact that the only character that is able to get along with him is Kramer. Kramer gets him. <laughs> they are on the same wavelength. So, yeah, I love this episode. 
the detective took the hell off. I, I don't know. Am I allowed to swear on here? I yeah, go on ahead. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the character took off. He was so popular, so well known, that he even, that character, pops up in other media. And I have something to show you. Hold on. Okay. Oh, I know what I'm going to Yeah, here we go. Okay. One It's okay. But yeah, the the other thing too that I want to get into as well, Kramer's the only, like you said, Kramer's the only one that actually gets him, which is unusual because nobody else can get along with a soup kitchen Nazi at all. But figures, the one person that is actually the per- person who doesn't really fit in with anybody is the one who actually gets him. Um, so... You might have to bring it up. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Um, play, play. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe I have. Yeah, you got to press play. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's perfect. Oh. Look, kid, you're just confused. And I am. Okay. All you need to do I is focus on the little things you love about. Yeah. Okay, so that's actually him without the, uh, him acting all... Angry yeah, but I, I'm not going to play it because I don't want to get you demonetized or anything. Right, exactly. But, uh, but as that scene goes on, you realize, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the very end of a scene, it is a notion for you. And it's yep. great, and there's a great callback to this one character that became all famous and whatnot. It, it's really good. And the other part of this episode that I love is that Sherry and his girlfriend are so lovey-dovey that it makes everyone around them all weird, weird, weird right. out. And then George wants to show them what it's like. So he acts all lovey-dovey with his fiancé, Susan. And, the, and it's really funny because you have these cute couples in a competition. Who can be more lovey-dovey and yet who can be more annoying? And it is really funny. Yeah, here's the thing. Whenever it comes down to uh, Jerry and Sheila, because don't forget, Elaine says, oh, I can't stand how lovey-dovey uh, they are or anything like that. And George goes, I know, they're, they're annoying. I don't know why every single time whenever I turn around they have to make out and everything in public. And then next thing you know it, Jerry and Sheila go over to the soup kitchen. And then the soup kitchen Nazi is actually pissed off because of the fact that they're making out in his restaurant. And he goes, you kiss at my restaurant, no soup for you. He goes, And then this is what Jerry winds up doing. He goes, I never seen this woman in my entire life. I don't know who she is. And she just... Yeah, the look she gives him, she goes, he goes, look, I'm sorry, I have to draw the line. I don't know who you are. <laughs> he really wants that soup. When you ever make soup and then um, sneaking up for your girlfriend? I'm sorry, I would actually stand up. I'm, if, if they said no making out or whatever, I'll be like, okay, dude, uh, no soup is good enough for me not to spend my money here. 
I'll do this on my own whenever I don't have my girlfriend with me. So me and my girlfriend are just going to go ahead and go somewhere else. <laughs> You know, right. I'm not going to be the douchebag and everything and be like, I don't know who this person is and everything yeah. <laughs> because food, even if the food is good, it's, it can't be that good to where you're backstabbing your own girlfriend for soup. I love the show. I didn't want to say my favorite show of all time. I love this show. And, but... If you look at the people, they're not good people. No, they're definitely not. They're sure. They're terrible, horrible people. And what happened at the end of the series, they deserve 100%. Even though people don't like that finale, the people like characters deserve it. But it doesn't matter because the show is so damn funny. And I just love it so much. Oh, I love it. I love it as well. Yeah, these people are not good people. But it makes you tune in to see what kind of shenanigans that they're actually going to get into. Because they're not good people. Because it has a way of making us be wondering, okay, so what's going to happen with George, Elaine, and Jerry in this situation? Let's put them in another situation and everything. And same thing with Kramer. For example, whenever he buys that shower head that was designed for an elephant and just blows him out of the water <laughs> and everything, too. But uh, Brandy also says that she loves the part where Elaine starts reading the ingredients aloud. Yeah, that was actually funny toward, at the end of the episode and everything when she was blackmailing him for soup. <laughs> and I love the face. She gives at the freezer frame right when the show ends. It's so funny. She's like, Yeah, I got you. Finally. It is a funny show, and damn, this is a good episode. Yes. And I love when Bania shows up having rival, comedy rival, and he wants to cut the line, but Chevy won't let him. That's funny, too. Yeah, that, that is funny. Uh, another thing, though, too, is remember when Elaine goes over there after George and them leave, and she's, like, patting the uh, steel uh, steamer? And she goes, and you can definitely tell the soup Nazi was actually just getting ticked off at her for making noise, yeah. making a noise on his uh, steamer. And she goes, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of Al Pacino. hoo and she's and he goes, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's pretty good. No soup for you. <laughs> and he goes, you're banned one year. No soup. <laughs> but yeah, um, whenever I watch this, it's just a flashback to the '90s. To be honest with you, of how great the writing is, the and everything else for this show, it's just fantastic. And I definitely have to agree with Brandy, Kramer, George, and Elaine made that show for what it is. Jerry made, made the show and everything as well, in my opinion. Even though I don't really care for a stand-up, but I do appreciate Jerry as far as a sitcom goes. He he was, he was Him and the other characters were really good. And it's funny because out of the full, out of the full principal people, he's a real actor of all of them. Mm-hmm. And you can tell every time 
in every episode how hard he tried not to rap. You can see in his face, he's ready to press a gut in every episode, and it is priceless. And then you have the godfather of the show, in Larry David, yep. who is a comic genius. And you, and he based the character George off himself. I don't know, have you ever watched the Larry David show, Crim You Enthusiasm? I watched one episode of it, and that was the one when he had Michael J. Fox on the oh show, God. and he was basically making fun of his uh, condition in a, with having uh, yeah. Yeah. Parkinson's. Yeah, with Parkinson's disease. But I like how Michael J. Fox plays off of it because he also makes fun of himself, though, in that episode. It, 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 it made me great, die laughing. It was a great episode, but one of the seasons of Kirby was all about getting a Seinfeld reunion back. And then everybody back, making one great reunion episode. And they went on through the season. But that really is up because the way Debbie and Harry acted throughout that season was exactly like the way Sherry and George acted in season four of Seinfeld when they were making that pilot, if you remember. Right, I remember that. You know, and, you know and it was a lot of life imitating art, imitating life. And I really think it was brilliant, in my opinion. Yeah, to be honest with you, I would love to see a reunion with uh, Seinfeld, to be honest with you. And I want to, I want this series to actually end right, if they did a reunion, just one big reunion episode. Of them doing it in a big style, in a big style, to be honest with you, because I feel like we need to have a great episode with Seinfeld just to redeem what we got with the last season. You, you really didn't like that finale, huh? You I really you... no that I prefer the Sopranos ending over the Seinfeld ending. I haven't mentioned what do people. Hey. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, but you know, another thing about this episode, though, too, is George, who exp- also goes on ahead and expresses disgust at Jerry and Sheila's baby talk and public display of affection, uniterated. Uh, Jerry makes up with Sheila at Monk's. George tries to teach him a lesson by behaving similarly with Suzanne. But this only leads to escalating affection between the couples as Jerry and George struggled out to out disgust uh, each other. Uh, like you said, it's about couple. It's like a couples battle, like a freestyle battle. It's like who can actually be more lovey dovey than the other. I thought that they played that off really beautifully and everything. Like I said, this cast has great chemistry whenever you look at it. Oh, they're a family. Uh, no doubt in my mind that they are a family, and you could definitely tell throughout the show. It, yeah. Definitely. Like, oh, sorry, go on ahead, Ben. No, yeah, you're at your show. No, 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 go on ahead. I'll, I'll have the floor. I forgot what I was going to say. 
That's okay, man. Uh, but what I was going to say about this, you know how you mentioned Kramer befriending uh, Kazim? Yeah. And everything. I find that hilarious, to be, to be honest with you. The one person that you never would have expected to be friends with somebody, it would be... It's, it kind of reminds you of... Gucci, in a way. Kramer kind of reminds me of Gucci from Schmodown in so many ways. Because who would have thought that Kramer would actually try and be friends with the soup kitchen Nazi. And he's just over there talking to him casually, not even scared of him. And uh, drinking his coffee and everything. And also, too, telling, telling him, hey, look, my friend needs some soup. So can I go on ahead and get her some soup? Yeah. So he winds up giving him some soup. And giving Elaine the soup and everything. And Kazim doesn't even know that soup was for Elaine when he banned her for a year. So when Elaine comes into the restaurant and everything back over there again, she wa- he goes, by the way, I just want to say thank you for the soup. It was really great. He goes, oh, that was for you. If I knew that was for you, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have not, you wouldn't have gotten it. No, no, no. You're, you're not that man. You're not, you're not that one. Okay. Kramer didn't give him soup. He gave him the dressing. The recipe. Okay. No, no not no. the recipe. The actual dressing. The omelet. Okay, that's right. That's right. Okay. But I just thought it was funny that then Elaine goes on ahead. And then, like Brandy says, she winds up reading the recipe over to Kazim. And his face is about to fall out. Because of the fact that she wasn't supposed to have the recipe or anything. And so she blackmails him. So therefore now he has no choice but to do everything that Elaine tells him to do, pretty much. Or else it's going to get leaked. It was great, bud. Yeah, it was great. But then, uh, here's the thing. I did some research and we we talked about it at the very beginning. In New York, there was actually a soup kitchen Nazi mm-hmm. and everything in New York that was based off of the show, where the show was actually based off of, I believe. But basically, he was treating his customers the same way that the guy on the show, like Azim, treated uh, Jerry and them and everything. And people were actually scared uh, to actually say anything because the soup was so good. So therefore, he never got in trouble because of the fact his soup was good. Yep. And, and then, uh, right. Uh, I, I think I had the soup. I think I made you the soup place in New York. It wasn't great. Yeah. And also, too, he also has a brother that's actually nicer than he is. And everything, too. The real uh, soup kitchen Nazi uh, actually has a brother who's actually nicer than he is. I forgot what kind of job he has. But everybody's raves about his brother being so nice and everything versus how uh, the soup kitchen Nazi brother, who is not really all that nice to begin with. But the only thing that he has going for himself is some great soup. But, you know, I think that with this episode, like you said, uh, Ben, is the fact that this has some great writing behind it. Larry David behind the production, behind the uh, the writing of the show. It's just great writing when you look at it. It is comic genius throughout the show. And when Larry David lived at the end of season seven, you you can tell. You you can tell in the last two seasons 
He was not there. No. I found them funny. You with the last two seasons, I can find something in there that's actually funny that I can enjoy. But at the same time, you can tell some of the writing is kind of not cohesive was in the first six seasons and everything. But I have to give Larry David credit where credit is due, though, because you don't see many creators stick around for six seasons. After four or five seasons, they split. Right. He stayed through six years of Seinfeld, which is just awesome. The only ones that I can think of that did that was David Chase, Kurt, um, Kurt Sutter from Sons of Anarchy. And those are the only ones that I could think of that actually stayed with the series for that long. I have one. Vince Gilligan from Breaking Bad. That's okay. That explains why the they never lost its composure and everything was com, uh, was cohesive. So that, now, that explains it. That Vince's baby, and even in Pinnacle Soul, it's all him. That's why it works. So, not. My opinion. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that the writing is basically the same in Better Call Saul as it is in uh, Breaking Bad. So, you know, I'm actually happy that being on a project didn't lose the momentum or anything. It actually helped the momentum. Okay, talking about Breaking Bad, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. (laughs) Three people from Breaking Bad Guest note on Seinfeld. Eleven episodes. Ryan Cranston? Ryan Cranston as um, Tim Watney, Nuntetis, great comedic role. Who, who are the other two? Do you know? Is it the actor who plays Jesse? I forgot what his no. name is. No. No. <sighs> okay. How about, okay, I'm just going to go off the cuff. What about Brian, the actress that played Brian Cranston's wife? Yeah. She was in one episode. In season five, I believe. Okay. What about Gus? The... Not Gus. Okay. You want me okay. to tell you? Yeah, you tell me the me? third one. Saul Goodman. Mom wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. that, that's actually pretty cool. I never knew that. Yeah. I, I knew about Brian. I knew about the uh, the wife, of course. But I had no clue about... Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. He did a lot of um, getting snows like that back in the 90s. He was on... Everybody loves women for a few episodes. He was on that. I think he was on Friends. I'm not sure. Okay. And yeah, he kept popping up. Okay, that's interesting. I never knew that. All right. So, as far as your final thoughts with with this uh, episode and everything, is there anything else that you wanted to say about this episode? Oh, you know who we need to bring up who is really funny in this episode? Newman. Newman. That's right, Newman. Okay, because whenever George is running... You see Newman with his soup and everything yeah. on the sidewalk. Okay, yeah. yeah, let's talk about Newman for a minute. I'm going to let you bring him up. 
I mean, he is the next Luther you Jerry Superman. And yeah. it is... He's so funny. Wayne Knight is so funny in that role. But I mean, I didn't crush on Wayne. He was pure hatefulness on Jerry. It is great. What are your thoughts about Newman? Yeah. Whenever Newman's on and everything, you know something's going to go awry. You, and his presence is known. That's another thing, though, too. Newman, Newman is one of those characters that you love to hate, kind of, because of the fact that he gets under Jerry's skin. So because of the fact that he gets under Jerry's skin, you have to kind of figure, too, he might can actually get underneath the viewer's skin as well because of how he is, how snarky he is. He is so funny. He, the stuff he comes up with is just hilarious, to be honest with you. And I love it whenever Newman and Kramer are together. Me too. Those are like the odd couple to me, if you think about it. Seeing Newman and Kramer together is like watching the, an episode of The Odd Couple. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when um, he goes, Hello, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, Newman. 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 <laughs> Matter of fact, me and a maintenance worker does that all the time when we're passing each other. We're like, I'm like, Mike. He goes, John. <laughs> and then we go about our business. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, this is just a, like I said, Newman is just a great, a great character to bring in. Especially when you have a lot of other stuff going on, and then you can just bring Newman in for a quick five minutes to yeah. add for plot, and he does a great job bringing in that five minutes. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you on that. All right. So I know that this is actually a little bit shorter episode than what I normally do. But I wanted to just go ahead and talk about at least one episode from Seinfeld. And if you guys wind up liking this and everything, what we'll do is I'll go on ahead and do another episode from Seinfeld. It may not be from season five or six. It might be from the first season. But we're not as a whole, but we can actually just have a conversation about the, the, uh, certain episodes. So if you guys want to see more, tell us in the comments and we'll do this again. Because I had a blast talking about just this episode. Me and you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Anytime you want to talk about Seinfeld, let me know. I can talk about it all day, every day. I sure will, man. I will. And where can everybody follow you at? Everybody can follow me at my Twitter at Ben underscore You can find me over at the Smart of the North YouTube channel. On every Thursday on Shooting the Breeze, every Saturday on Get Ready, also on Saturday, Match Down, the show where we go into players' careers for the Down. This summer we're doing factions this week. We have some big stuff fans, so come check us out. And every Monday on Recapping the Past, a show where we go into a when we look into a show from our youth, 
Let me go and see my season. Right now we're doing Doctor Who. And I'm loving it. Never seen it before now. And it was making great. So yeah, find me over find me over there. Okay. So you guys can go on ahead and catch me on Mount Schmodown on Saturdays with Ben. Like Ben said, at three o'clock such a time, four o'clock Eastern, of course. And you guys can go on ahead and catch me over there. But you guys, go on ahead to uh, and smash that like button, smash, smash that subscribe button on the right hand corner on the lower part of the screen on the YouTube channel. Smash that bell to allow everybody to know that when we have new episodes and stuff like that. If you're wondering, hey, I subscribe to your channel, but I'm not getting anything. That's because you didn't smash that bell on the bottom right hand corner to allow you to know that you're getting notified when we go live or when we have other stuff dropping on the channel. So go ahead and do that. Also, too, do us this one other favor. I teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast, and we're actually donating money towards the people that lost their homes with this uh, latest hurricane with... Uh, with this latest hurricane and everything. So going ahead, all the proceeds go towards Lu the people of Louisiana, but you have to purchase a Sensi to do that and everything. So that's all you got to do is just click that link and it goes, takes you over to the Sensi link and whatever you guys get, all the proceeds go over to the victims of Louisiana and everything for people who lost their homes and things like that with, with the hurricane that we just recently had. Uh, another thing too is go on ahead and head on over to movie lovers unit on twitter that's where you guys can follow me at of course you guys go can go on ahead and follow me underneath movie uh facebook at movie lovers tv lovers unite over there and on instagram and then of course you can follow me underneath movie lovers unite zero on on uh on tiktok there we go i forgot i had a brain fart for a minute and then of course guys if you guys want to and want to hear more from us, just go ahead, go to the audio side of things and go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is a great place if you want to be um, to where if you want to go ahead and rank our show, tell us what you think about our show. It's it's great to actually be able to interact with everybody on Good Pods. Another thing, too, is tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, I'm going to have Pass the Envelope. And we're going to have... This we're going to be doing a movie review on Cliffhanger from Sylvester Stallone. And then coming up on Thursday, we're doing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's going to be another uh, movie review that I'm going to be doing with another podcast and everything. So I'm excited about that. Remember Beth that came on to do 16 Candles? Well, she's coming back again. And, you know, it's going to be, called, as a matter of fact, her podcast is called Made for TV. So go ahead and check out her podcast whenever you guys can. And like, like I said, go on ahead, smash that like button, smash the subscribe button. And always until next time, guys, always until next time. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. Thank you again, Ben, for joining me. It's a fun as always. And later.